Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. I'm going to read from verse 17 to, we might get to the end, uh, but we'll see. Acts chapter 7, verse 17, and here Stephen is addressing the Sanhedrin, and he's recalling the the history of Israel. He says in verse 17, But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers making them expose their babies so that they might not live. At this time Moses was born and was well pleasing to God and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her her own son. And Moses was... learned in all the the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neck did his neighbour wrong, pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. And when forty years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look, Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This 
Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? Is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush? He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give up to us, whom our fathers would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make, make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what he has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the word, works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during Forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel, you also look up the tab you, you also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he appointed instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with, with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David, who found favour before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did or did so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And we'll stop there. 
Uh, here is Stephen speaking about the history of Israel. And uh, in my Bible, I have these really helpful stars on the page. And there's a star next to verse 37, and this is really the verse that we've been looking at. This is what Moses, who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. And that, of course, was looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, our great prophet. Uh, last week we, we were looking at Christ as our king. And this morning... Uh, I want us to look at Christ as our prophet. And uh, we'll do that a little later. Turn again to Acts chapter 7. We'll be thinking of that verse there. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. And the Lord Jesus Christ has three offices. Priest, prophet, and king. Now many people have been kings. Many have been prophets. Many have been priests. But only one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, is all three. And last week we thought about the kingly office of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw how he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey to his coronation. And the kingship of Jesus is very different from what we know of in the world. As Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He proclaimed the kingdom of God that had broken into this evil, wicked world. And that kingdom will grow and grow as, God, as Jesus builds his church. And we saw how we belong to one of two kingdoms. We either belong to the kingdom of darkness, led by our great adversary, Satan, or we belong to the kingdom of light, ruled by our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you, which, which kingdom are you in? Which, who, which ruler, which king do you serve? And here we are thinking about his second office, that of prophet. And really, uh, now usually I think when someone preaches, they give the application at the end. But I'm going to give you the application right at the beginning. And it's this. Listen to Christ. Listen to him. And really everything that I say this morning is an explanation of why you should listen to Christ. You should listen to him. Follow him. Because he is a prophet. The greatest prophet. And we open our Bibles... We see, don't we, uh, books that are named after certain individuals. Prophets, 
We have the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Daniel. And we also have the minor prophets, Amos and Joel and Malachi and others. Now they weren't minor in the sense of importance. They, they had very vital things to say. But minor in the sense that they did not have as much to say as the others. And who, what is a prophet? That's the first thing we should ask ourselves. What is a prophet? Well, a prophet is someone called by God to tell others his words. And as we read about these prophets in the Old Testament, we're struck by how uh, their, their backgrounds, they, they were ordinary people. People often plucked out of obscurity and given the task to tell the people what God wanted them to know. They weren't chosen because they were great or rich or because they belonged to a particular tribe or family. But one thing you, you do note about the prophets is that they were humble people. Humble people. And we were reading about, the pro, about Moses in our reading. And what, does, what do we hear about him? Numbers 12 verse 3 says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. What a remarkable statement that is. And it's true of all the prophets. They didn't think much of themselves. Often we find that they didn't really want to be prophets. They said, oh, anybody except me, send someone else. Moses, he would rather do anything else than become a prophet. He said, oh, Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. But God used him. And if you're a humble person, God will use you. In Christian history, God has called some very gifted people. You can think of Martin Luther and... Uh, more recently, we can think of Martin Lloyd-Jones and others. But they all acknowledged their weaknesses. They were humble men. And what we find is that God doesn't use people who are full of themselves. Who bring glory to their own name. As all glory must be given to God. And in Christian circles, we can have maybe a desire. If we have a desire to preach, we can think, oh, I'd love to preach like Spurgeon. Or preach like John MacArthur, who 
draws so many people to his church. I think they've got thousands, haven't they, of members? But what you find in the church is that the vast majority of pastors are not like that. They're humble people. They go... They just go about their task of serving the Lord. And the history books will never remember them. But God remembers them and uses them. Prophets were called by God to bring God's words. And they didn't bring their own words. They didn't bring their own Opinions and things like that. They didn't say to the people, well, I think you should do this. With the emphasis on, well, I think, and my opinion. No, they said, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. The opinions of men have no place here. How can a person stand in a pulpit and give their own opinion? When the Lord who created you speaks. A prophet seeks the glory of God, not themselves. Now, people follow all sorts of modern prophets, don't they? And they're very happy to tell us how we should live our lives, how we can improve our lives. The libraries, and if you go on Amazon, you'll find hundreds, thousands of self-help books. But they don't solve the really, really the problem that is at the heart of all of the problems, that of sin. And our alienation with God. And often these people, they they want to bring glory to themselves. Make a name for themselves. John 7 verse 18 says, He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. So God called humble men to bring his word to the people. But this verse that we're looking at here, 37, speaks of a time when that would come to an end. In Hebrews chapter 1, we're told of of the prophet to come. God, who at various times... It says there in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. Through whom he made the world. So here we have. The last, the great prophet to whom all the Old Testament prophets look forward to. Now, 
we hear from some, uh, the Muslims, for instance, they say, oh, Muhammad is the, the last prophet, isn't he? He's Allah's final messenger. Well, they couldn't be more wrong. The prophets were called by God. They were all so sinful people with feet of clay. They pointed to the prophet Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And can we say of any of the prophets, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made? Can we say that of Muhammad? No. And yet they claim that Jesus wasn't enough. Son of God. We have to listen to this man, Muhammad. Well, they couldn't be more wrong. Jesus has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. We don't need to look to any other. And that's exactly what God told us he would do. Acts chapter 3 verse 22 also says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And this is quoting Deuteronomy 18 verse 15. Like the prophets of old, Jesus will speak The words of God. The prophets often told what would happen in the future. Because those words come from the author of history. God knows all things. He declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times. Things that are not yet done. Yes, we live out our lives. We make our own choices. But God still knows everything that will happen. The prophet Jesus did the same. Just like those prophets in the Old Testament. He predicted the future. He predicted his own death. And you might say, well, that's not a hard prediction to make. Don't we all die? But the circumstances of his death on the cross were well planned. We've been thinking recently of prophecy. And this comes out of the prophetic ministry of the Old Testament. So many details of the death of Christ are written there in the pages of the Old Testament. Little details we wouldn't maybe think at the time that they were important, but they all happened. All fulfilling the scriptures and the death of Christ. We see that through Jesus' earthly ministry. He knew about the fall of Jerusalem. He predicted its fall to the Romans. Didn't he say, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another. It shall not be thrown down. He knew that would happen, and it, and it did happen in AD 70. 
And we can think also of Matthew 25. We can't go into all of that now. Uh, There's a chapter I very much encourage you to read where he speaks of the time prior to his coming again and uh, the things that will happen. And perhaps we're beginning to see those very things happen around us today. Signs that he is coming soon. Peter was quoting Deuteronomy 18 verse 15, looking for a prophet, the prophet to come. And in that chapter there in Deuteronomy, we also find how we can test a prophet. How do we know that they are a true prophet? as you could just say oh I'm a prophet well what they said would happen had to happen if they said something would happen and it did not happen then they were a false prophet and we're told that aren't we in Deuteronomy 18 verse 22 if they speak in the name of the Lord if the thing does not happen or come to pass the prophet has spoken presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. The predictions of a true prophet come to pass. And in the Lord Jesus Christ they came to pass, didn't they? A hundred percent. And if a prophet gets it wrong, don't listen to them. It's as simple as that. In fact, if a prophet spoke presumptuously, we're told that prophet shall die. 